Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome. You're tuned into Life is a Sacred Journey. Every week, we bring a new perspective to aging and caregiving. Here is your host, Michelle Pope. Good morning and good afternoon and good evening to wherever you are in the virtual neighborhood of Life is a Sacred Journey. I am your host, Michelle Pope, and every Friday morning, 8 a.m., rain or shine, hurricane or whatever, I am here. And I want to thank you for uh, supporting us and for coming to Life is a Sacred Journey. I am so excited this morning. I, 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 you know, I have met some incredible people through this platform. You know, uh, Felicia wanted me to, oh, and there goes one of my incredible friends walking. I love dogs. You all know. I'm going to be a dog in my next life. So whenever a dog walks by, I'm like, there's that uh, there. Okay. So at Life is a Sacred Journey, the goal, the, the primary vision that I had when we started it was to support caregivers. Then I realized that we're all caregivers, right? Then I started realizing that it's about the life journey. So we talk about a lot of different things here at Life is a Sacred Journey. And most of all, we talk about love. Not just self-love, but self-love. And then the love that you give out in the world when you truly love yourself. Because when you love yourself... Everybody just wants to figure out what's going on with you and people start coming at you and wanting to love you up. And it just builds. It builds into this crescendo of this humanity that um, I feel that life is a sacred journey is about. So I want to welcome you all this morning. I want to thank you for taking time. Get your coffee, get your tea, get your juice and your water and sit down because you're getting ready to be engaged in a wonderful conversation. So, you know, back in March, I think it was. I shared this book with you, okay? I told you that I was beginning my journey with this book, Self-Love Workbook for Women, Releasing, Release Self-Doubt, Build Self-Compassion, Embrace Who You Are by Megan Logan, who is an MSW LCSW. Well, I started reading it and I decided I had to get a hold of Megan. So, of course, you know, Michelle stocks people. And with the modern day, you can do that. And she had stuff in here. So I found her. And she is an amazing woman. And we've already begun our friendship. Um, and we I just said to her, if I live down the street from you, you and I would be friends. 
We would go for walks. We would drink coffee. We would be intentional with each other. But we have this morning to begin what I think will be a lifelong friendship. So let me tell you a little bit about Megan. So you'll you'll you get you'll get some uh, some feeling before we start our conversation. Good morning, Betty. Good morning, all of you out there in the life is a sacred journey. So Megan Logan has over twenty years of counseling experience in a variety of mental health settings including domestic violence, sexual assault centers, eating disorders, and also working with uh, local hospice programs. She has a, a wide variety, a cornucopia of counseling experiences because we as humans are a cornucopia of trauma, right? We, we, we experience trauma sometimes from the very moment that we come into the world, uh, some of us to, who land in unfortunate spaces. So she has a wide variety because as she's counseling people, she's learning about them and then trying to zoom in on the areas that they need to to speak to themselves. So one thing about that I've learned about Megan is that she's not going to tell you what to do. She's going to help you tell yourself what to do. And And I love that about her. For the past 10 years, she's enjoyed her private practice that she's taking time out of this morning to be with us on Life is a Sacred Journey, and she's specializing in uh, related to trauma, abuse, eating disorders, grief, and loss. And um, welcome, 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 Megan Logan. Let's give Megan uh, a round of applause. Thank you so much for having me this morning, and I can feel your beautiful energy, and I am just delighted, and, you know, when things like this happen, I know that there is a reason yes. um, when we make connections with people, and I can I can 100% feel that right now. Well, um, I am so thankful. So I'm going to start talking about you a little bit, and then we're going to go into the book. Um, I know I purchased mine on Amazon. I know that you can get it on Amazon. You, other book sources, it's everywhere. So that I'll start there with that, my friends. But... <clears throat> Megan, you described, um, I, you were interviewed not too long ago, and you would describe yourself as a paradox. Can you explain to our virtual audience, you know, why you describe yourself as a paradox? That is certainly a good question. <laughs> I, I say that because I think like most people, we're complex as humans, and I am love be alone. I love my downtime. I'm highly introverted. I could be I could live by myself and not talk to a human for a month and be happy. And yet I work with people every day in my profession. And I love what I do. And I love connecting with people. And so that's a little bit paradoxical. I think Um, I also really enjoy thinking and analyzing and understanding things. And then at the same time, I appreciate the spiritual, the esoteric, the things that we really can't always understand or explain. And so I think that makes me a a little bit of a paradox as well. Um, I enjoy time with my family and and my closest circle of friends. And yet I have connections with people all over the place that I had that have really come from doing the workbook. So I think those are those are the ways that there's just this tension and imbalance there that actually creates 
a beautiful picture. Well, and and we both resonate resonated with that that um, because uh, a lot of times I'm sure you're mistaken as an introvert, um, I, as I am um, mistaken as an introvert, and I'm really not. And and it's just that our what I saw in your book also is the love for people. The love for humanity that when we're with them, we give them our all. And, and, and so as a counselor, um, as a therapist and, and helping people, when you come into those situations with people, how do you, um, you know, how do you navigate that space so that people feel safe and, and, you know, particularly now, I am so worried, and we'll talk about this a little, you know, people coming out of COVID, or we're not even out of COVID, but this continuing uh, trauma of being as a country in um, a, a COVID state. So how do, how do you navigate those spaces with people so that they feel safe? I think one of the most important things to do in having a connection with somebody is um, offering validation and listening. So most of the most powerful sessions I have are when I shut up <laughs> and when I'm not talking. It's actually when I am listening and holding space for somebody uh -huh. to be vulnerable, to share their story, and to be able to validate their experiences. That has a tremendous power of being heard and being seen and being know, know that you matter. Mm -hmm. So when I'm in therapy sessions, that is a huge part of what I'm doing most of the time. So when, okay, so you, you for 20 years um, have learned and been with people who have um, lifted you up because you learn, I'm sure, from every person that you sit across or beside. Um, and then you got to a place in your journey where you said, I want to write. And, and so when, when that moment happened to you and you decided that it was going to be self-love workbook for women, Why? So this is interesting. This might <laughs> surprise you a little bit. Okay. I didn't have a moment where I said I wanted to write. Oh, okay. And, and, I, and I didn't have a moment where I said I'm going to write the self-love workbook for women. <laughs> it, it, it presented itself to me. Okay. That's how, that's how God works. That's yes. how the universe works. Yes. I got an email, was getting emails from um, a marketing publishing company back in January, or no, probably back in December 2019. And then I just kept deleting them because they said, we want you to write the self-love workbook. And I thought, why are they asking me out of everybody else in the world? Why am I? I thought it was a scam. And yeah. so I, just kept, I kept deleting it. And then I got to thinking because of the pandemic, which again, things happen for a reason. Yes. I had a little bit more time in my schedule as I was transitioning to, to telehealth. And I thought, I could probably write this. Who doesn't want to write a book? And I love reading. I love yeah. writing. I've always wanted to write a book. And they, the title was already created. I did not oh, come up with the actual title. Okay, okay. So they, they had the name of, of the book. And the, you know, everything else on the inside is from me. And I thought, I could do this. This is what I do all day long with women. I, I work, and, and men. And I men. work with them on loving themselves to make the best, healthiest relationships and decisions in their lives and to, to deal with addictions and um, really understand their worth. So I wrote it in a month. Oh, my um, gosh. During, during the pandemic. Okay. And I was working full time at the time. So I would do it on the weekends and in the evening. Oh, and it just flowed. And it was like you said, my experiences in 20 some years with working with people, I have knowledge and I have 
a wealth of information. It's not mine. It's, it's other people's stories. And mm. that's what this book encompasses. It, it is exercises that I have learned from, from doing the work with people and what they need to think about and consider in their lives. And it truly happened. Um, not the way it normally happens when you write a book. <laughs> well, but you know, this is a great um, interjection here. You know, one of the things that um, we've been talking about, Megan, prior to the show, we found out in our, our pre-conversation, we're both United Methodists, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. that she, um, because I said to her, Nancy, I, if you're there, Nancy Redding, if you're joining us this morning, this is the book that I was telling you I was going to take some of the pieces and um, do our, our woman's spiritual retreat every year that we do in the Central Valley. And I said to Megan, the reason that I was using pieces from this is because I could find the biblical content. I could cross-reference it with biblical content. And that's when she, and then I started talking. And then she said, well, yeah, I, uh, it wasn't supposed to be a spiritual book, right? It didn't, they didn't want spirituality in it, but it's in here. And that, that was what I loved about it. Um, breathing, breath, prayer, same thing. Meditation. From uh, Lectio Divina, which yeah. is a Catholic type of prayer. Which yeah. it, it, it was infused in here without actually saying it. <laughs> right, exactly. So getting into the book. The reason everybody knows I love workbooks. Workbooks are so incredible to me because one, and I always do them in pencil in case I want to go back and do it like six or seven months later to see if I still feel the same way or if I've grown by the time I've gone through the workbook. Um, so workbooks are really important to me. And so I like that it's a workbook. But when I looked in the book, it was something that I, I thought was the language that you use is a cross-reference of language that we use in our, in our society to describe who we are. But it also took people into a space where don't take those titles and those spaces. Create your own. You know, um, there was something in here where I, I want to find it real, real, real quickly here. The Mantras for Self-Compassion. It's on page 55 if you have the book already because I've already... I opened right uh, <laughs> the so Okay. <laughs> the Mantras for Self-Compassion. And these are affirmations. Okay. So I talk about this all the time. What's the power? Uh, so so I, I put mine on post-it notes. I have cards all around with them. They're all around me. They're, they're everywhere. To but what is the and they're on my daughter's mirror. I, I, you know. So what is the power of having a mantra and an, an affirmations that you look at, that you read, that you... I have one right here that says, own your own power. Love okay? It. And it's on a magnet so because it, it's on the, the, the light for the stupid video. So uh, why, Megan? Why, why is if ha having mantras and, and having affirmations around us so important? 
Affirmations and mantras give us a way of changing the narrative that's in our minds that actually comes a lot of times from external sources, from society messages, from familial, intergenerational messages that have passed down that sometimes are just not helpful. They, they, they do the opposite. They demotivate us. They make us feel like we're not good enough. And mm-hmm. so we have to find more helpful ways of thinking so that we can shine our light in the world or be more successful or do whatever it is that we're, we're focused on that we mm-hmm. want to be able to have that richness and, and love that you talked about so beautifully. Mm. You said something, I don't know if it was on the live or whether it was right before you were kind of amusing yourself as you were getting all the technical parts set up mm-hmm. and you said, Oh, I love myself. <laughs> I, I, I just am so funny or something like that. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's it right there. <laughs> You just demonstrated what that what that can look like and sound like rather than, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? I can't figure this out. I'm getting really stressed out because this is going to look really awkward. You are like, I love myself. (laughs) (laughs) And that is exactly what it is. And and what you you say here, too, um, that one of the mantras, my friends, is my thoughts are just thoughts. That is what I highlighted it because that was a very powerful because I do live in my thoughts a lot. Um, I self-analyze myself. I'm a retrospect thinker. I mean, that's Megan, you and I. You're an INFJ. <laughs> I am, I am. So how important is that when you're a person's like you and I, where, because our thoughts can take us down the, the, the rabbit hole with Alice with no, uh, yeah. So talk about our thoughts and, and how, our thoughts can really change the trajectory of our day, our moment, and our space. Absolutely. You know, that's the foundation of some of the theoretical model and counseling with the cognitive behavioral therapy and and some of this acceptance and commitment therapy. They're kind of when I, I like to infuse those two together. But the idea behind it is our thoughts, which we don't always control. Right. We can have a thought. If I told you to, to, to think about a purple elephant, you might start thinking about a purple elephant. Thoughts sometimes just pop up into our brains. Mm-hmm. What we do with the thought is where the power and, and what becomes so important. Our thoughts affect how we feel. Yeah. And those feelings then affect our behaviors and our choices and spill over. So if I, I always use this example with teenagers. If I'm walking down the hall at school and I smile and wave at someone and they ignore me and my thought is, oh, I'm a loser. Nobody likes me. I have no friends. Then I'm going to feel insecure. I'm going to feel sad. I'm going to feel awkward. And then I may not make eye contact with anybody else the rest of the day and sit at my desk and, and feel really sad. And, and not reach out or be friendly. Yes. Now, if I walk down the hall and I see someone and I, wa- I smile and wave and I think, oh, maybe they didn't see me or, um, oh, they're probably just in their own head or whatever thought or, hey, there's someone else I could that, that said hi to me and not focus on that negative yes. experience or yes. that, what I'm assigning negative, mm-hmm. then I'm going to feel confident and I may make eye contact and talk to the person sitting next to me and have a whole different outcome in my day all starting with a thought and the meaning that we put on the thought so calling something a thought is just a thought it allows you just to be able to say this thought popped into my head and we can step it and step back and look at it and see is this a helpful thought is this a not helpful thought I can figure out at that point what I want to do with that thought 
If I am in the thought, like spinning around in a tornado, I don't have that power. That thought then becomes the, has the power over me and how I'm going to feel and what I'm going to do. So calling a thought just a thought allows us to then just be aware it's just a thought. And we can change that thought. We can come up with a with a more helpful thought. And that's very powerful in the context in which we're living right now, where we are, you know, we have so much division based on ethnicity and uh, division on who wears a mask and who doesn't wear a mask. And it always leads us to a place of judgment. And if we think about that judgment as just a thought, and then become more inquisitive about what it is we've thought. Like, what's, what planted that seed for me? What, 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 what's triggering me? Because you talk a lot about that too. What's triggering me? Then you begin to not make it about the other person. And it becomes about my self-healing and my, my journey. And you have seen that happen. And you definitely are taking people on that self self-looking. Why do we always look out instead of in? You know, as a human, as humanity, we have a tendency to always look out and say, well, it's this person's fault or it's because of this or because of that. Is it, is it scary? I think absolutely. It's a, it's a defense mechanism. Um, projection is one of those defense mechanisms mm-hmm. where we take our stuff and we put it on someone else. It's easier to blame somebody else yes. as a reaction yes. than it is to look at ourselves and be vulnerable and feel insecure or feel some uncomfortable emotion. Just like we call a thought a thought. A feeling is just a feeling. Mm. And when we don't put meaning on it, when we don't say it's good or it's bad or it's right or it's wrong or fair or unfair, that's what hijacks us into a into a whole nother another meaning. And when Ooh. we put judgment on something. Now that's not to say so there's a spectrum. I was um, just gonna <laughs> you know, because there there is there's mindfulness, which is accepting, radically accepting the moment that you're in. Yeah. And then there's change that needs to happen. So the civil rights movement wouldn't have happened if we were like, oh, it is what it is. It's not good or bad. It just is. Yeah. You know, no, we no. need to make changes. But we can't change something if we aren't mindful and aware and, and bringing attention to it and noticing mm. it. We have to we have to see it for what it, what it is and what's happening before we can even make a change. And it can't come from somebody. Can it come from somebody else as a, as their observation? But the person themselves has to ad- adopt. Right? It's not just me coming up work. to you going, you don't you don't look good in yellow. Well, if you think you look good in yellow, you're gonna keep keep wearing yellow. So it's 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 about. Um, Getting information, that's getting information, feeding it. I always call it spiritual food. And you eat the good stuff and you throw away the bones, right? You don't, you, yeah. you, you maybe suck on the bone a little bit, but, but, but <laughs> throw it away. And then you may say, wait a minute, I shouldn't have thrown that away because now I need that. And you get, okay, because maybe you're going to make soup broth now. So it's, it's, it's really figuring it out about where, what your triggers are, right? And what, and we have triggers from times in our life that we were not solely conscious that those triggers were becoming a part of our life. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes those are unconscious. We don't know they're happening. You know, even, even messages 
and our influences, societal like messages that we incorporate and instill a, a beliefs in ourselves we don't even realize. And you know, the thing that's interesting about um, can you imagine how amazing it would be if everybody did that kind of self oh. self self love work? Because it's not a selfish thing. People sometimes will think, oh, you know, self love is 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 not. It's not designed to be that. It's designed to be aware. And, and take accountability for yourself and your thoughts and your feelings so that you can change the world or you can have good relationships so that you can spread your light and your, your gifts into the world. And it, it just, I just sometimes think about that and kind of blows my mind of what a different world we would live in yes. if, we ha- if we had that. My partner, women and men. Women, yeah, women and men. Anybody. I mean, I thought about that when I was reading, and now that I know, um, you know, the title and everything, and the content was was not the content, but what how you wrote it was uh, because they wanted a book for women. But this workbook uh, is great for men as well. I mean, they could have put a slash on it and said men uh, or human. Or human. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs too. Yeah, and dogs too, especially dogs, because they really enhance us. But women, let's talk a little bit about women before we run out of time. Women also um, are in our society, take on so much without even knowing. I'm one of those women. Um, where I take on, take on, take on, take on and say yes to things because I'm so impassionate just about changing the world. Mm, it's not about me. It's like, mm, I, I don't care what the, to- well, first of all, I'm not even going to have a tombstone, so it won't even matter because I'm going to be, um, Megan, I decided to be cremated and then I my ashes are going in the bottom of a tree, a redwood tree. I purchased a redwood tree oh, here. I love that. Uh, all right. Cause give, so, me, give me the information. I, I will. Better place, <laughs> better place forest. They're amazing. Yeah. But, okay. So, but I realized recently when my brother passed away and I was engulfed in grief, tremendous grief and loss, I thought to myself, Michelle, you never say no. You've got too much on the platter. And it was through grief that I saw that. So we have these moments in our life that open up this, these, these windows and portals of reality of who we are. And for women, it happens a lot. Birthing. Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Uh, 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 children leaving home, um... If you got divorced, like myself at any time, my identity totally changed 
um, when I was a divorced woman versus a married woman. It was, it's amazing. I, and I don't even think people knew they did it to me. They All of a sudden, my value was a little different in some relationships that I had really been engaged in. The road, and again, this doesn't negate the men. I, I, love, I love you men. And, and, and this does not, but we're talking about the role of the woman in, in the space of life. Everything that a woman takes on creates a tra- different trajectory for her emotionally, spiritually, and everything. And is that true or am I making that up? Oh, that's so true. There is a special thing that women, whether it's um, uh, biological or cultural, yeah. however, you know, there's so many different factors that feed into us being more not necessarily more, but nurturing and giving and sacrificing and tending to our families and and the people around us. And I know when I wrote the book, I had just gone through a divorce. And so a lot of um, kind of redefining myself and reinventing myself and starting to stop and think about, you know, here I am getting close to midlife and my kids are teenagers and they're going to be growing up what do I want my life to look like? How do I want it to, to align with who, what's, what's important to me? And before that, I was just trying to get through the day, <laughs> trying to cook dinner this. and feed the kids and do my job. And, um, you know, I was just trying to get through that. Yeah, so yeah. That really helped me realize that like, I need to, to do some more introspection and figure out what I want my life to look like and actually think about me mm. for a change. And that's okay, right? I mean, we. Uh, it, it, I always think, why do I have to keep giving myself? I'm really good at telling people to take care of themselves. I even am there to walk with them when they're taking care of themselves. But Michelle Pope, nope. Nope. If I have a Saturday with nothing on it, I can fill it so quickly. Um how do we stop doing that? I, 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 there's something, there's stuff in the book about that. But how do we stop just loading it up, loading it up? I think you know, taking that time, just even having that little bit of time for self reflection and thinking about what you need. Half the time, I was like, I don't even know what I need. <laughs> I, I, if, I, if I if I'm not doing anything, what what? What am I supposed to do? I don't know. (laughs) Figuring out what are our likes? What are our values? What are the things that inspire us? Um, And then taking time to rest, taking time to to give yourself uh, play, things that you enjoy, not all the have-tos. If there's an imbalance of have-tos and want-tos, if you're only doing your have-tos, you're going to end up resentful, tired, and exhausted. And if you're only doing your your want-tos, you may not be paying the bills or doing you know, <laughs> some of the things that you're reaching your goals. Right. But you need to have a balance of mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And schedule time for self. Uh, I got that from Megan from this book. And so now I don't know if you're going to be able to see it. Um, cause I, I, I still keep a formal calendar, Megan, but on Saturday, it looks like I have no, no Sunday, Saturday, Sunday, my life gets busy because of church, but, but on Saturday, I, yeah, you can't see it. I don't have anything, but I X'd it out because I am good. If somebody picks up the phone and calls me or texts me and asks me for something to say yes. And what I've done is tomorrow, unless something I have forgotten comes up when I go through all my emails today to make sure I've done what I promised to do for the week. 
I am not doing anything. I'm not going to answer my phone. I'm not going to do anything. But I had to X out the day to yeah, make sure I that I... You talked about that, though. Whatever it is yeah. that you need to do to give yourself that space, do it. And then then don't let anything... I mean, emergencies, of course. You know, I'm never talking about stuff that is an emergency. You know, everybody goes, well, what if somebody calls in there and... Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if nobody calls with a 911 or SOS, real SOS, real 911... Your life is calling you with an SOS and a 911. Get to the yeah. business, right? And if you don't do that, you're going to end up resentful and bitter and exhausted and have nothing left to give on 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 the times that you really need to. It's really it's it's boundary setting. It's boundary Ooh, setting for boundary yourself. Boundary setting for yourself. It, it, you know, it's being able to say I I I need some time for myself. I know as a new therapist, oh, I had, it took me probably 10 years of figuring this out because (laughs) I'm a pleaser. I don't want to upset anybody and I want to be available. And, and, and and I also think I can help and I genuinely want to help people. So my schedule used to be crazy. Uh, I would, if somebody (laughs) couldn't make an appointment during the day, I would be like, well, I guess I can stay till 8 PM and see this person. Um, Or I I would work on a Saturday because I needed to get that person in because they needed me. And and now I've had to, I've had to maybe disappoint some people yeah. and say, hey, I'm only working during the daytime and I'm not working on Wednesdays anymore. And I have maybe limited availability uh, because I have learned the hard way, unfortunately, that if I don't set those boundaries, I will run myself ragged and I'll have nothing left to give. I'll be the in the giving tree. I'll be the stump. Yes. Book, yes. Tree. Yes. That's a great. And I'll still book. be like, come sit on my stump. Right. That's right. That's right. But that won't be good enough because there's no beautiful canopy. There's no beauty. Right. So you're right. And I love in the book you ask people to write a love letter to themselves. Yeah, we did this in a book club. It was um, so I had a woman con- again. This is how this yeah yeah book has made connections. A woman contacted me and wanted me to speak at her book club because she was using the self-love workbook. And I said, sure. And I, and I fell in love with the women and I was like, I want to do this. So I have been a participant in the book club using my workbook, doing the exercises with them. And there, I remember that when this book is used in groups of women, it's, it changes, it goes to a whole nother level in terms of how powerful it can be done because you're witnessing and you're holding space and you're sharing. And there were women that read their love letters out loud to, uh, to the group. And so it's one thing to, to write it down and see it in black and white, which is a process. And it's a whole nother thing to actually have the courage to share it and have that immediate support and validation for for the letter that you wrote. But I I love it. And and what what Megan says is point out your gifts and talents. Think about things that others have complimented you on or how you have overcome challenges. And you can reread this letter on days when you have high levels of self-doubt and need a reminder of your awesomeness. You know, you guys, that's one of my favorite words. <laughs> I, I like, I want Megan to move to California now. I need my I best like, friend. Of course it is. <laughs> Awesomeness. <laughs> but, and then love, what I love about it, not sincerely, not with regards, but love, and then your own name. You know, Megan, I, I went through counseling 
of course, right? After, particularly after my divorce. And one of the things that I always do when I get upset or get nervous, I speak to my inner child. You know, I'm from the, I'm 64, so we're from, I'm from that inner child era. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, you're okay. I'm um, bringing that back. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. And, and I visualize, you talk about visualization in here, and I visualize her in moments when I get stressed out because she acts up. Yeah. Okay. She acts up and she gets upset and she gets nervous and she gets, that means Michelle gets that way. And Mm -hmm. so to calm her, to comfort her and to live purposely with her, writing her a love letter going, I got you. You are right. We got the knowledge. We're in the right space. This would not be happening. This is divinely like your book. And then we move forward. A lot of people think that's like not so crazy. Woo, woo, woo. Explain to them why that is a place where you really are starting to internally understand that the dynamic of your humanity is everything that you have experienced up to that point subliminally as well as consciously. Is that true? Absolutely. 100%. It it is way beyond our thoughts. We've been having those thoughts since we were first able to have thoughts that have collectively been been piled on. And so if you've ever had any sort of trauma or just even small little things that have happened in your life that have somehow you've internalized that voice when you were a child or yeah. when you were younger, that, that lays a foundation there. And with, with giving a voice to that part and being able to honor and listen and hear again, that safety, that relationship building, it comes from listening, holding space, validating that little girl or little boy part mm-hmm. of us that are inside, mm-hmm. then we can, we can help we can help them feel safe. We can help them feel comforted. We can we can give them encouragement. And we're doing that to ourselves at the same time. So we are the little child. It, it, it's kind of mind-blowing when you think of that. It's like, what would I say to my little child? I'd say, Megan, you got this. You're awesome. You're going you're gonna to do a great job. I, or don't worry, I'm going to handle that for you. I'm the adult and I can, I can handle this. That's some powerful stuff. One of my favorite, uh, it's not in the book. One of my favorite therapy techniques is using a non-dominant hand journaling. Ooh. And I talk about this at some point in my newsletter. I think I shared this. It's, it's when we use our non-dominant hand, we're connecting to a part of our, our brain. That's the right back part, which holds memories and feelings and emotions and our experiences. When we use our dominant hand, we're accessing the left part of our brain, which is logical thought, reasonable, mm. analytical. So when you use a non-dominant hand approach, you're firing activity in both parts of your brain. And what I have found, there's this one book that I found back in the early nineties before I became a counselor Mm -hmm. and it was a non-dominant inner child exercise where you use your non-dominant hand and that represents your little child, your little girl. The dominant hand represents the adult version of you and you have a dialogue back and forth. You draw pictures with your left hand and it looks like a kid drew it or wrote it and you can talk to that. And it because you're accessing that right back part of your brain, you're feeling it. It's not just a logical, insightful, analytical thought. It is an actual emotional experience Ooh, that you enter that. into. But then at the same time, you're using your dominant hand yeah. to like give reassurance and give the wise part of your brain a chance to connect. So it's 
talk therapy, I always say is slow and you're analyzing, but you're not always connecting the head and the heart. You yeah. walk away there like, yeah, I get this. I understand this. But then it's, that's like why the workbook is so good. It, yeah. It's, 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 it's connecting it to a more of an experiential level. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. You know, you, this is going to be great for me. This non, I'm going to start doing that. Check it because... out. There's a book, uh, Lucia Cappuccioni is okay. her name. I wrote a book on that. And it is hands down one of my favorite techniques. Okay, yeah. Because when I was a little girl, I went to um, a school that, a Catholic school. And apparently I was left handed. I am not now. Because <laughs> they made sure of that. Bam, 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 bam. So to even put, oh, I love that you just said this. Wow. To even put something in my left hand creates a visceral something from me. Interesting. So that's going to be really powerful. That exercise that's going to be, actually... that's what I'm trying to tell you. I'm going to write you after. Yeah. I'm going to actually yeah. do it with a paintbrush. I think just oh, for, I bet our inner childs would have been friends when we were younger. <laughs> Megan, how do people get a hold of your, your, I think you have a, I know you have a website and, and, and you have a blog, you have your own. Can you tell people how they can connect with you and, and do you, um, only see people, um, in your office or in your location or are you, um, uh, do you do virtual counseling as well? Yeah. So, uh, I started an Instagram right, right after I wrote the book, because apparently you're supposed to do that <laughs> when you're trying to market things. So that's brand new, but okay. I, I do post some, and I just started posting some videos and I, I had started a newsletter called from the therapist chair. I've only done it for, it's a monthly newsletter. It's my second one that I did this month. Okay. So that's, you can, on my Instagram, there's a link, um, and I have my website. You can sign up on the newsletter for that. And okay. I am able to do telehealth. Uh, that's one of the, the things that have come from COVID that has been yes. a positive thing. Yeah. I am contained for the most part to only seeing people that are in Florida because of my license. So the way that oh, it currently is working okay. is you have to be licensed in the state where the person is Got it. to be able to see them in terms of therapy. Now I have been doing some coach, not coaching, but like work, workbook support is yeah. what I call it. Yeah. Um, you know, not necessarily therapy with a treatment plan and that kind yeah, of thing yeah, yeah. that I've been using and incorporating um, with people from different places. Okay. Well, I'm going to put a, a thought out there to all of you in the Life is a Sacred Journey um, audience. You know, Michelle Pope Productions, we have our own production uh, company. Uh, Felicia and I are doing different things. And, you know, we've been trying to figure out a way to bring a group of you together for something wonderful. And, you know, maybe after Labor Day or maybe before the holidays, I can get Megan to come back and we can do a little bit of a book uh, study. So, yeah. uh, write in the chat if you're interested. Go to the email and let us know, and then we'll work with Megan to make that happen. I love this book. As I said, I now, uh, I always have, I have my copy, and then I have a copy that I can always give away to different people. My daughter, hand, I mean, young, particularly young adults, but this is for anyone. This is for anyone. I actually want to say to all my older sisters in out there, this is a great book. If you're at that space and place that Carolyn Brent always talks about, what now? Who am I? 
my children are growing up. They don't need me as much. Now they have their driver's license. I don't even have to carpool them anymore. Um, what now? Or, oh my gosh, this pandemic is killing me, killing my spirit. What now? How am I going to come out? This will help you to answer some of those questions. It may not answer all the questions, but it'll help you to reflect in your heart, mind, and spirit. And as Megan, I, I learned last year that we have a, a brain, as you just described, that has all this wonderful cognition, holds the, the file cabinets of our lives, all the snapshots and memories. But our heart also has, they found out, a little brain of its own. Amazing. It's amazing, right? And so if you think about that, that means that the cognition piece, yes, that's important so that you can identify, process, I'm very much pattern, but the heart brain is the brain that you're constantly wanting to fill with information that makes you and helps you to look in the mirror at yourself and say, whoa, I'm okay. I like me. And truly believe it. Right? And truly believe it. There was a time, Megan, in my life, and I, I you know, I, I lay myself bare to the, to the audience, that I couldn't look in the mirror. Michelle Pope didn't wear makeup, not because Michelle Pope didn't dig makeup. It was because I didn't want to look at myself that long. That's, that's the truth now that, I'm, now that I've analyzed it, right? I didn't want to look pretty because pretty women, hmm, okay? I didn't want, uh, oh, goodness, let's not add the, the black and the natural. Let, let's not even go down that uh, rabbit hole. All of that. Being divorced, getting these wings that I never used to have. I was like, where did those come from? Right? But learning that it's okay. Megan, your book is saying to women, it's okay. You are still awesome. You are still magnificent. Stop judging yourself so much on this criteria and then breathe. She's got breathing in here. And, then <laughs> and, and really what you just described is the beautiful change between understanding and knowing something in your head, but not believing it in your heart. And there's a big, there's a big space between your head and your heart and connecting those two is when it transforms into something beyond our physical reality. That's when it really does. Life is a sacred journey. It yes. becomes a spiritual experience. Yes. And when you tap into those kinds of things, going beyond your thoughts and your body and, and the outward measures of success and achievements and accomplishments and really go into what is making this life beautiful. There's a, a Japanese term called um, a key guy, which talks about that. It's a life, a life of meaning. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's external. These, these huge accomplishments, a life of meaning can be a simple thing as eating a peach yeah. And being able to feel the warm sun on your face and being able just to know that it is well with your soul. 
Oh, I love that. And Megan, um, I'm going to let you go because I know you have to get back to your life. But I want to thank you and give you a a moment just to think about what would be now after this wonderful 45 minute conversation that we have had. Has it been 45 minutes? It has, my friend, my new sister from another mother. Yes, yes. Um, What would be that advice that that not advice? No, no. What would be that sharing? Because advice is eh, sharing that you would say that from here or from your heart from the moment to all of the women and men that are watching uh, in our virtual neighborhood. I would probably say that when you embark on a self-love journey and you take the time to, to carve out to work on knowing your gifts and your strengths, you then can do amazing things in the world. Your your beauty, your light, your gifts can radically change the world that we live in. And it starts just with you. Mm. And that that's some pretty amazing stuff. So take the time, do the work, and give yourself permission to yes. focus on that. Oh it's gosh. not selfishness. Mm-mm. And Megan, what you said earlier, and then the world will really change. I every day I say, or every Friday morning, I say to all of you out there, be the change you want to see. Mm-hmm. You, it, 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 it starts with us. If you come out into the world and you don't say good morning and you don't smile at people and you don't look at people, then that's what you're going to get back. It is as simple as that. And, Absolutely. and, 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 and to love people, not because you just even know them, but loving the humanity because they are you. I would I say as a therapist for 20 some years, that, that, that stuff that I have is not mine. It's other people's stories and other people being vulnerable and sharing with that. And the gift yes. that's in that. Is, is truly amazing when we share ourselves with the world. And that doesn't mean we're not, that doesn't mean sharing only positive, good, happy things. No. It's sharing the struggles and the challenges and the, the pain and the suffering because life is all filled with that. That's right. Well, Megan Logan, the book Self Love Workbook for Women, Release Self Doubt. Wow, big one for me. Build self compassion and embrace who you are. Do you? Embrace who you are. Love yourself. Megan Logan, um, is there uh, Instagram, uh, uh, her website? You can look her. I mean, I just put her name in and she'll tell you. I email. I stalked her. Okay. She, okay. So. That makes me feel special. And you are special. <laughs> Carolyn Brent, you're down there in Florida. Get a hold of Megan. You and Megan are kindreds, just like you and I are kindreds. Do something wonderful, the two of you down there in Florida. And when life is a sacred journey goes on the road, Florida will definitely be the state that we, that we uh, come to because now I have two sisters in, in the, um, the state of Florida, including family, uh, blood family. Megan Logan, I wish you nothing but the best. You are an amazing person. I am so thankful that you are a part of the Life is a Sacred Journey family. I am so glad that you're my new sister from another mother, and I look forward to meeting you in person. And, um, continued success. This is this is not even about the kind of success that you guys think I when I use that word. Um, most of you probably think I'm talking monetary and all that. No, 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 no. What I'm talking about continuing to change the world one little step, 
one little book at a time. Because when we, we do something for someone else and not just ourselves, we change the world. So have a good weekend, Megan. Hold on one second. Have a good weekend, everybody. Hug a tree, hug a dog, hug yourself. But do hugging, hugging, hugging. You can't hug another person unless they're in your social bubble and they're wearing a mask and vaccinated and all that. But trees are living and wonderful. Hug a tree and hug a dog. You know how I feel about dogs. And definitely hug yourself. Flesh to flesh is really wonderful and your own flesh is most magnificent. Okay? Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Thank you for joining us on Life is a Sacred Journey. Megan Logan, you are fantastically and wonderfully made. Hold on as I get as I say goodbye to our friends. Be well. Peace out, everybody. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.